so good to see you guys. Uh, some old faces, some new faces. Uh, it was so funny. Even, even I remember when we first started the church, I told, I probably need to step back, I'm assuming. Um, I told uh, Natalie when we first started the church, I was like, I can't wait till we're around long enough for people to boomerang back to the church. That would be like my favorite thing. When I, I used to do youth ministry for uh, decades. Uh, that sounds weird now. Um, but <clears throat> literally for a couple decades I did youth ministry and my, my youth, yes, uh, it's, it's all about the base. Uh, so my old youth pastor would tell me, um, be a fixed point, be a fixed point. You know, don't change your cell phone number. Uh, let people boomerang back to you uh, when they're ready. And so, uh, yeah, anyways, we'll figure this out. But uh, yeah, so hey, welcome. Uh, whether it's your first time here, uh, maybe you lost a bet or you got lost or you were going to the mess hall and saw that it closed and thought might as well come to church or maybe we're at the car show uh, today, which is actually really, really cool. So I'm going to hop in uh, because we have a lot of stuff to cover, and I want to honor your time. Uh, but to start, I remember uh, growing up, uh, part, actually, I remember patches of growing up. Anybody, like, you don't remember your entire childhood? You remember, like, scenes from it? Does that bother you? It bothers me because I know it happened. I know I started life as like a fetus and I got here and there's stuff that happened between then and now. I just don't remember a lot of it and I don't know why, you know. But anyways, I remember parts of it. I remember growing up on the north side of Chicago, right outside the city in kind of a sketchy neighborhood. I didn't see it as sketchy growing up. It was just my neighborhood. Um, but it turned out, turns out later it's like, yeah, it was, not a, it was kind of a dangerous neighborhood. It was like a bus route neighborhood, like for churches would send like the purple ugly bus to come through, like for inner city kids, and that was like my neighborhood. I didn't realize that that at the time. I thought it was just a cool neighborhood. Um, but I remember, I was thinking about my, neighbor, my, my childhood. I remember I had my own room, which was a big deal because a lot of my friends in the neighborhood uh, didn't have their own room. Our, our neighborhood was kind of, if you wanted to live in this neighborhood, but you were an ethnic minority, the real estate agent would go, how about check out this neighborhood instead? And so my neighborhood was a lot of just, it was like the, 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 the United Nations. You know, it was a lot of... Uh, grandparents spanking grandkids and grandparents spanking other people's grandkids. And it was just, it was just a lot of fun food. It was just a, real, a lot of life in the neighborhood. People hung out on the front porch, not the back porch kind of neighborhood. You waved at the neighborhood watch guy sitting on his front porch kind of thing. It was like that kind of neighborhood. But I remember I had my own room, which was a big deal. And it was full of Voltron figurines and He-Man figurines and my castle Grayskull. Big deal, right? I remember the neighborhood was surround, or was uh, kind of built in a circle, and there was a, a park in the middle uh, by a swimming pool that no one used. Was kind of, I think it was an abandoned swimming pool, uh, but it's <laughs> the idea of the neighborhood. Um, but there was a, a, a park, and the slide ended in a hill and so it would continue down. So a lot of times kids in the summer would go down the slide and then fall and just continue rolling down this hill. Uh, great memories. And then there was a tire swing we'd always, many of us puked on uh, as, as our, you know, siblings spun us and wouldn't stop when we told them to stop spinning us. Uh, those are good memories. I remember in the winter, we had this thing called snow. You might have seen it on, on the TV. Uh, there was snow in the Midwest, and uh, there, the, uh, the, the uh, playground became a sledding hill. So we would take our sleds or whatever we had. We'd wrap ourselves in garbage bags. Whatever we had that year, we'd go to the top of the slide, and we'd slide down and then continue on down uh, the hill. I remember 
we would play. Our parents never knew where we were at. I don't know if you guys are at my age, remember these days. Parents had no idea where we were, ever, right? They just assumed that somehow we would go get home at dinner time, right? So I remember we would play at the, we would always be at the park, and the lights would come on at dusk, uh, and some kids had to go home. The rule was when the lights come on, you come home. That wasn't our, uh, me and Adam and Ryan, my closest friends, uh, that wasn't our rule. Our rules were our parents would start cooking food around dusk, and we would come home when our parents would whistle. And each parent had like a unique whistle that would reverberate through the neighborhood. It was like the cattle call of the day. And we would hear the whistle or the yell or whatever and go, oh, you know, Adam, it's your time to go home. And we'd slowly start peeling off. I remember we had a uh, picnic table in the backyard. I don't remember ever eating at the picnic table, but I remember my dad uh, giving my dog a haircut at the picnic table. We had a standard poodle named Charlie. Uh, a big black standard poodle, and he, my dad would give Charlie the most feminine haircut, uh, the most poodle-y haircut ever, uh, poor dog. But I remember, I remember that. I remember we had a big tree in the front yard that I would climb and fall off of, and it was a big deal when I could climb to the top of that tree because I fell so many times beforehand, breaking things and hurting myself. And years later, I went back uh, with a friend, and he's a suburban guy, and we went to my old neighborhood, and uh, he's like, this is super sketch talk. And I was like, no, it's not. It's fine. It's my neighborhood. So we, we rolled up, and I, like a creeper, knocked on my old front door, and the house looked the same, but it looked like a, like a scale model, you know, because I hadn't been there since I was like 10. I remember my house felt really big. My yard felt big. I'm, I for sure thought we had like a three-car garage, but it turns out it was a one-car garage, um, <laughs> And when I looked at the house, I was like, I remember it being bigger than this. And so I knocked on the front door, and this little kid was like, you know, answer the door, because I think his mom didn't speak English. And I'm like, hey, I'm not a creeper, I promise. I used to live here. Is there any way I could just walk around real quick? You know, it's like, <laughs> that's like stranger danger. No, go back to your van, you know, pass out candy to somebody else. So <clears throat> he let me in. He probably shouldn't have, but he let me in. So me and my buddy Jeff, we... We walked in, and everything just felt so small. I felt like it, like a zoolander. I felt like I was in a house made for ants, <laughs> you know? It used to be at least three times as big. Anyway, so I was walking around the house, and I was just flooded with memories, mostly great memories. Now, why do I bring that up? That's the power of a home. That's the power of a home, right? Because you could do the same thing for a lot of you guys, right? If, if, you were to, if I were to show you a picture of your, of your childhood home, it wouldn't be about the house. You wouldn't be like, oh, the, the construction of the garage was, you know, you wouldn't care about that. You remember the stories. Oh, this happened in that room. This was the cool thing that I remember my friends would get together. I remember the one birthday party. You'd have the same stories as me, and that's the power of a house. I remember uh, friends of mine, uh, they were a, cu- a couple of their, their two kids were in our small group, our youth ministry, and the parents were like ex-ministry people, and they were just always, they had the house where everyone came over. Well, one day their house burned down, <clears throat> and they were safe, and they're safe to this day, they're totally fine, um, but they had to live in temporary housing, like Airbnbs and hotels and the temporary stuff for a year while their house was being rebuilt. And they were the ones that won. I remember, when, unfortunately, you know, a, a kid in the high school uh, passed away in a, in a traffic accident, and all the kids, hundreds some kids, came over to their house. They were the house, right? And it was hard because they couldn't build community when they were in these temporary houses. 
They couldn't, they couldn't plant roots. They couldn't decorate. It, it didn't feel like theirs. They always kind of felt like strangers in their own space, right? They felt like they were in, in limbo. Now their needs were taken care of, so they're super thankful. And their dream house was being built. Like, thanks to insurance, they were, they were building the house they wanted on the property. And, you know, so in some ways, the, the fire was a blessing. But in a lot of ways, it felt really just like they were in Middle Earth. This has been our story as a church. This has been our story as a church. We, for those of you guys that may be newer and don't know our story, I'm going to walk you through some of our, our story. We launched the church. The church started in 2018. We've been in 11 locations, 11 locations uh, since then in three years. We met and we started off in our living room. Our very first meeting was in our, our living room uh, and people were sitting on the, we didn't expect that many people to come because uh, we thought this thing may not even get off the ground. And so people were like sitting on like the countertops. It was a rental. So I was like, hope you don't break those. And uh, they're like sitting on the floor and all that stuff. Uh, then we moved to CrossFit Tustin. Joel and the team there on Walnut and, and uh, New, uh, Tustin Ranch, uh, they graciously let us meet there uh, for free because that's all we could afford. And we were, uh, we were meeting there for a while, sitting on uh, other churches wouldn't let us borrow their chairs because we weren't Baptist enough for them. Like literally that was the reason like, oh, unless you're Baptist, you can't use your chairs. And I was like, I didn't realize chairs were Baptist. And so, so we're like, we just actually had meetings and we sat on uh, the box jump boxes. So you guys remember that stage. And so depending on your height, you could sit on the 20 inch side or the 24 inch side, you know, the box. Uh, then we moved to Mary's backyard and had what we called team church. Some of you guys remember those days? It was, we were really up to the weather. I mean, it was <laughs> really hot and the kids were in the garage. You remember that? Gosh, I don't know if that was safe. I don't, I'm sorry, uh, you know, if you left the church during that time, come back. We're better now. Uh, we're just doing the best we could. We met in Mary's backyard, and then we eventually launched a church in, at the marketplace. Uh, then we were virtual online, so it's kind of a location. Uh, then we had uh, broadcasting in the office, and then we met in Cena and Michelle's backyard. None of you guys were, well, most of you guys weren't there unless you were part of the worship or productions team. Then we met at Back Bay, which was really cool. We had sunset service, and we had Sunday morning service at Back Bay. Not a bad place to meet. Then we were at Citrus Ranch Park, and then we are at Pepper Tree Park, and now we're here at the Assembly. I don't think I missed any, but there's a good chance that I did. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a blur. Crazy thing is I want to walk you through a little of that because every location, every location was a huge answer to prayer. And you may have not felt it on a Sunday morning, but you got to know behind the scenes we're freaking out. So we might come on a Sunday morning going, hey guys, just continue to pray. Uh, we're going to be at this location in a few months or whatever. Behind the scenes, we're like, oh, dear Lord, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, God help us. So many times we felt like we were like the nation of Israel with the Red Sea in front of us and the Pharaoh's army was coming to get us. And we're like, any time now, God, like any time provision can happen because we're about to die. Uh, so in 2018, I remember um, that whole year we were raising money. We had so much money to raise and so many decisions we had to make. And the church was just an Instagram account. Right? Like we didn't exist at all at that point. And uh, we were looking for a location to meet. And one of the hard things about Tustin uh, is that there's just very few places to meet. Very different than in Santa Ana or Irvine or other places. Tustin's just really unique that way. And one of our dream locations was this uh, old theater that was then a, turned into a community center, um, uh, the Tustin uh, Community Center. And it was an amazing spot, and we had toured it, and they said they don't rent to churches. And I remember a friend of mine one day uh, texted me a picture of the stairs going up to the location we were hoping to meet at. 
And he goes, future home of Voice Church? I have a screenshot of that, uh, of that text. And I just texted back, they don't rent to churches. And he goes, oh, bummer. And that was that. Well, then later on that week, we had lunch uh, or dinner with someone that's in this room right now. And they work for the organization that managed that property. And we just had the conversation and didn't think of it, didn't ask them to do anything. But then one thing led to another. I don't know exactly to this day what happened behind the scenes, but somehow we were approved to meet there. Now, this organization in their uh, developer agreement does not rent to houses of worship, as far as we know, ever. And for some reason, you know, one got by the goalie and we were able to uh, meet there. Then, exactly one month before we launched, so we launched September 16th, 2018, my brother's birthday, uh, September 16th. And we, so we got a call on August 16th, one month earlier, from the city of Tustin. And our friend there that works for the park district, he's literally in tears. He's not a Christian. He call, he's in tears saying, talk, I just got a call from this organization and they want to cancel the lease, the contract. Um, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm like, we? You don't even go to the church. I mean, no one goes to the church right now. But like, <clears throat> I, was like well, I, was, I remember telling him on the phone, watch, God's going to do something. I don't know what's going to happen, but God's going to do something. I remember we put a video out just to the launch team. And I said, and I watched it again yesterday, ironically, and, I, and I t- we told the launch team, don't share this, don't freak out, but uh, we might get our contract canceled <laughs> and we might not have a place to meet. Don't boycott the company, don't write any letters, don't make any phone calls, just pray. Just pray and watch God do a miracle. And after I, you know, pressed stop on the recording and uploaded it, I was like, God, please, please do a miracle. <laughs> and, and he did. And we were able to launch on September 16th in that location. We met there for about a year and a half. We're starting to get lift off as a church. And this little thing called COVID uh, started uh, spreading. And so we're like, okay, our guiding we, we feel like, you've heard us say this over and over again, that values aren't, aren't spoken, values are revealed. And during those seasons when you're squeezed, you find out what you're really made of. Like when you squeeze a bottle of toothpaste, you find out what's inside, right? So you can't say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a jerk, I'm just tired. No, maybe you're just a jerk and the filters are off, right? So maybe we're just seeing that. Maybe that's something you, you need to work on. So what we wanted to do is, God, years from now, we're not going to look back and say, how many came on Sunday morning? We're not going to look back and say, how much came in in the offering? We're going to look back and say, did we walk out the values of the gospel? Did we live out what we say we believe, even if it affects, you know, people attending and if it affects giving and all that kind of stuff, right? And so we decided to shut down. I remember we were texting with the elders and and they were, they were, you know, they were like, Macy's Day Parade is shut down. We're like, oh my gosh, it's never happened. The, you know, NHL shut down. We're like, and they're like, are we going to shut down? And I remember texting the elders. They remember exactly where I was standing in the house. And I said, we'll shut down when Disneyland shuts down. Because our church of like 200 people, we're not going to shut down. And then there's thousands waiting in line for Peter Pan. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, that's not, that's just, that just seems a little duplicitous. So, like 12 minutes later, Disneyland <laughs> announced that they were shutting down. And so we're going, okay, we're done. We're done. We're going to shut down. And then I remember the elders were going, what are we going to do? We're like, I don't know. We probably should plan something. So that was like Thursday, right? So uh, pandemic hit. I remember, uh, we, you know, so we, did, we met virtually. We filmed videos and that whole thing. And it was great. And I'm glad we, I hope we never have to do that again. 
Uh, it was literally, we were filming at our house. JP, our worship leader at the time, was filming stuff in Texas. He was, we were sending all this stuff to a Google Drive, and Marissa would edit it in Long Beach, and then she would send it over at like 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. Our internet at the house was terrible because everyone's internet was throttled during the, during the pandemic. So there was an AT&T store on Red Hill that was closed, but they had really fast Wi-Fi that was like, open to the public. So I would go there. Nally, and I would, Nally would come with me sometimes. You'd go there like at 11 o'clock or midnight, sometimes past midnight, and we'd upload uh, the services through AT&T. Thank you, AT&T, for sponsoring this video um, on YouTube and Facebook, uh, and then pray that nothing went wrong. We'd sleep for a few hours and and have church the next morning virtually, have pajama church. And so we had that for several months. And again, I hope we never go back to that. Uh, but God provided everything that we needed. And then we felt like we were going to start broadcasting again. So get a skeleton crew together, six people or so. We transformed the office to be a broadcast studio in the loosest terms. And it was so bad at the beginning. It was so, we didn't know what in the world we were doing. There, there were so many times where it would cut to the person speaking that was in another room right? And it would cut to them, and then the, the, the video would be like on them. They're going, and some of those guys like, you're on. You're on. It was so bad. It was so bad. If you came during that season, you're watching online, I'm so sorry. Give us another chance. We're a little better uh, than then, but it was, it was really bad. And, uh, but James graciously, you know, we subleased from him at the office. He let us take over the whole office, and it was awesome. And then the science started progressing with COVID and realized it was safer to be outside. So we're like, you know what? We're kind of cramped in this office. We should go outside, even though we just set up this whole office space. And I remember um, there was someone in the church that, that just randomly messaged me and said, what do you need? What do you need? And I was like, we need streaming equipment. Ours is really bad. They're like, how much do you need? So I told him the amount. And he's like, okay, done. It's, it's already given. So we we're able to buy the stuff that we needed so that we could up our quality. We couldn't blame the equipment anywhere. It was just user error at that point. Uh, so we met outside, and Cena and Michelle, they, uh, they have this beautiful house up in North Tustin, kind of overlooking everything. And so you'd laugh. At we, we, they let us store everything in their garage, which was awesome because we didn't have to haul stuff back and forth. And then so they had a pool. And so on the far side of the pool was the worship team and whoever was speaking, hosting. And then there was the pool. And then on this side of the pool was like all the equipment, precariously close to the water. You know what I mean? So like, and it was, there were days where it was like literally 100 degrees out and we're setting up, sweating, going, dear Lord, like what are we, what are we doing? Hope that our stuff doesn't overheat. And it was just, um, it was amazing and it was great for the season. Again, I hope we never go back to that. And then we're like people, we felt like we were far, off, uh, uh, far along enough in the pandemic. We felt like we wanted to invite us to a few people just a little, we told people, you, your spouse can't come, your kids can't come. No, it's just a broadcast only, but outside because it's safer. Um, and then uh, a friend messaged and said, I have a friend who has a beautiful property in Back Bay that I think you guys can meet at. So I'm like, that's kind of far. I don't know if that's kind of way out of Tustin. And then so we visited the house. We're like, okay, we'll make it work. Because it's like, it's like this beautiful, like, um, it's like the place you would see, like, on a rap video. You know what I mean? Like, literally, right? So uh, it's the, where the, the yard ends, and it's a yard. Uh, when the yard, you can have a wedding there. When the yard ends is literally, on the other side of the fence is the, the path of Back Bay, the, the, the running bike path or whatever. It's beautiful. So we had sunset services and 
Uh, it, was, it was pretty uh, awesome. And then we got about seven, eight months in, we, the owners told us, hey, we sold the house. It's like, are the new owners cool with us? Uh, <laughs> continuing to like, we have all their stuff stored in their basement. Is that cool? Is that all right? Dragging stuff through their yard. So we didn't have any options, right? We didn't want to go back to meeting indoors. We could have gone to the office or whatever or rented a facility. We just didn't feel like it was safe at that stage. And then randomly, I remember I was, I was out back in the backyard just praying, dear God, what are we going to do? And a friend at the park district uh, calls me. And he goes, Taka, we've been talking and we've been pushing stuff through with the city attorneys, the city of Tustin. And he goes, I have, I have something to present to you. He's like, the governor said that churches are not allowed to meet indoors. So typically, you're not allowed to have subsequent, like, ongoing rentals of a park. Churches can't do that in Tustin. You can do a one-off or an event or something, but not an ongoing uh, rental, right? Which I, I understand why they would do that. And so, uh, th- but then he goes, but since the governor said you're not allowed to in- meet indoors, we feel like it's our responsible responsibility to provide a place for you to worship and meet. I was like, okay, I think that's great. And he goes, and our lawyers feel like we're, we're going to be good here. And so it's like, I mean, I, I didn't ask him to do anything, you know. So I was like, okay, what do we do? He goes, well, there's a park called Pepper Tree Park. And we've dumped over a million dollars into it. It's going to open on Easter weekend. It didn't. But it was supposed to open, construction, it was supposed to open on Easter weekend. And he's like, you can be the first ones to meet there. And you can meet there. It was like four or five months. I can't remember how many months it was. We're like, okay, that's awesome. By then... You know, the pandemic will be over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is back in like last Jude or something. So we started meeting there and it was amazing. It was beautiful. There were so many new families. Some of you guys may have joined because you were playing at the park and there's this weird church meeting there trying to be quiet. But I mean, come on, you know, we have speakers and stuff. So, um, but it's beautiful, beautiful park. And we met there. And so I was cracking up during um, worship today because we sang that song, Fresh Wind. And one of the first times we sang that song uh, was a super windy day, actually. And we're like, let's, we don't want a fresh wind. We want a mild, gentle breeze. Is there a song that's like, because cameras were falling over, uh, like, like the, um, uh, the, we had easy ups, like 15 easy ups. They were starting to fly away. People were like holding them down. It was like, okay, let's not pray for a fresh wind anymore. There was times where it rained we had to like nick services and we were just broadcast from the stage. I mean, some of us like, okay, I see some of the team going, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, your mind is blocking it out. So like, like your therapist would tell you that's to protect your heart. Uh, <laughs> and meanwhile, a lot of us were going, I don't know, I just watched from home and it was great, you know? So yeah, it was awesome. So, um, but every, uh, every, every step of the way God provided. Even when we were meeting at Pepper Tree Park, we needed a smaller trailer because we had a, just to bring a, sm- a smaller amount of gear. And it was like $6,000 for a trailer. And someone randomly messaged me and said, I have $6,000 for the trailer. I'm like, I never asked you for $6,000. He said, I know. This is what we're supposed to do. And so God just took care of us. Every step of the way, we followed God. We felt like we were like blindfolded and had the hand of God. He was just leading us to all these places. And I think a lot of times you think, here's the inception of a dream and here's where God takes us and it's a linear path. And it's never like that, is it? It's always like this. And the whole time we're going, what the heck are you doing? God, like what's going on? Every, every direction was divine. And even the closed doors, the things that we wanted, you know, that God said, no, 
trust me, no, that's not what you're supposed to have. It made sense. It's almost like the kid asking for ice cream for dinner, and the parent's like, no, come on, man, no. No, you're going you're to thank me later if I uh, didn't give you ice cream for dinner every day, right? So there's so many stories of, of, of locations. There was one location that we really wanted, and we were close to getting, and we lost it right before the pandemic, like one month before the pandemic. And we were going to do a long-term lease there. It was still set up and tear down, but it was, it was a long-term lease, and we lost it, and we were heartbroken. Then the pandemic hit. That would have crushed us as a church to be on a long-term lease and then not be able to use the property. So God was protecting us. He sustained us. He sustained us. And even in the middle of the pandemic, so many churches, you just Google the stats sometime, or if you're bored right now, you can Google it. So many churches closed their doors during the pandemic. There was one season where I felt like I was getting messages from friends every week or every other week that they're shutting their doors, they're selling their equipment. And I remember just going, God, thank you. Thank you. I remember having uh, lunch with some friends, and they both lead larger churches. One's like four or five thousand, and one's like two or three thousand. And so we were having we were having lunch, was doing a, a speaking thing for them. And and I remember going, "How's COVID impacted your guys' churches?" And one of the guy goes, uh, "He goes, yeah, you know, COVID probably set us back five years." It's like awesome. Uh, so that's cool if you're older than five years. But what if, at that point, I think we're like two and a half years old. It's like, what does that put us? Like, we're not even a fetus five years ago. You know what I mean? We're not even a, a glimmer in our mother's eye. At, you know? So what does that leave us? And that's what it felt like, was that COVID brought us back. But you know what? We're still here. We're still here. God's taking care of us. And just, just like in our personal lives, you may not be where you want to be, but you're, you're not where you could be. You could be either, right? You're not where you used to be either. So instead of focusing on, man, how come I'm not this? How come I'm, sure, but you're not where you could be, right? So we're here, we're getting stronger. And what's so cool, we've talked about this before as a church family, but some parents, you know, all you, all you guys that are parents, you don't care how tall your kids are. I mean, I would hope not, right? Um, I think you care more about the kind of people that your kids are, their character, right? Not, are they 58 inches tall? Who cares, right? You'll figure it out. Get them a step stool. You'll figure it out. You know what I mean? But their health is not determined by their height. Their height says one thing, their height. And the size of a church or the size of giving says the size of a church and the size of giving. It doesn't talk about the character of a church. And I just... I just want to say, as, as your pastor, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of the kind of church that you are. When I look at you guys on social media, you're kind, you're patient, you're humble, you're teachable, you're, you're slow to speak, you ask questions, you're generous. Like, this is who you are. And I know those guys that are, that are believers are like, well, yeah, isn't that where we're supposed to be? Yeah, it is. It is. And a lot of people that have claimed to follow Christ haven't been that way. And so quite a few people, probably somebody in all of our circles, have walked away from the faith because of the content or the, the, the conduct of Christians. 
And what I've seen you guys do is that within this room, we don't agree on where to eat for dinner, let alone politics, or let alone vaccines or masks or a billion other things, or whether, you know, the, these mandates, or, we'll figure it out later, but we can be kind. We can ask questions before we tell people. We can seek to understand before we seek to be understood, right? These are principles, and you guys are so good at that. So thank you. I'm so proud of being part of this church with you. So we've been here for nine months, and it's been great. It's been a little weird, uh, but it's been great. I mean, we're meeting in a space that is not meant to do this. Uh, right? When we met in that room, we just did the switch at Christmas, we met in that room. People were like, what's your room like? And I was like, well, it's, it'd be great if you want to show some like pie charts to like a staff. You, you got some Excel documents? That's the room, man. It's so, so good for drop ceiling, you know, all that stuff, but not really conducive for a, for a church. And now we're in here and it's got its own weird quirks, right? But it's, it's been it's been perfect for this season of the church, right? It's just like manna was probably a, a weird thing to eat long-term, but God used it to provide for uh, Israel for that season. So we've been working on something for the last few weeks that we're gonna, we feel like we're, we're far enough ahead to let you in on. It's really unique. It's really weird. It's like a weird space. The whole setup's kind of weird, but the building itself is weird. Um, but we want to let you know, so like, get excited. Um, <laughs> It's, it's located, we've been working on this building for a while now, kind of circling the runway the last few weeks. Uh, it's over at Walnut and Jamboree. So you know where the Tustin, uh, when you're going on Jamboree and there's that Tustin train station that I've never used, uh, but it's, it's there uh, right next to it. It's between the Tustin train station and Rivian. You guys, all the, the guys maybe that know where Rivian is, that's driven by longingly looking at the parking lot. Um, it, it, it's in the business park uh, between there. I'll, I'll give you more details as, as we go down, but the reason why this building is a huge deal is it already has what's called a CUP, a CUP, a conditional use permit, which is a little more, you know, geeky speak than a lot of you guys would care to know, but here's what you need to know. They're really hard to get, and they're really expensive to get, and you can spend six months and $100,000 and still not get it. Um, conditional use permit allows you to meet as a church, as a gathering, and one of the things with Tustin is one CUP, this kind of CUP, cannot be within 1,500 meters of another similar CUP, which essentially right now practically blankets all of Tustin, which is why, when's the last time you heard of a church start in Tustin and get a building in Tustin? A lot of times, churches will start in Tustin, either fail or start in Tustin and get a property right outside Tustin in Santa Ana or in Irvine. This is why. So this building already has a CUP because a church has been meeting there for the last nine years right? So uh, the church there, I was talking to the pastor several times over the past few weeks. Uh, their church was running about 250 people, and uh, it's, it was functional for them, and they ended up buying a building in Irvine uh, because CUP and all that kind of stuff. So they moved uh, to Irvine, and what you're going to see when you go to this building, uh, we'll let you know when you're able to go see it, is it's functional, but it's odd, it's functional and it's odd, kind of like me. Okay, so we, <laughs> so last few, like I said, last few weeks we, we kind of circled the runway on this. We feel the, the lease is not officially locked yet, 
but I, the, the, word, the words that I've been telling the elders and the stuff is that we are first and inches, if to use a football metaphor on Super Bowl Sunday, we are first and inches. And even the Chicago Bears back in the day, when we were first and inches away and we had Walter Payton, it was pretty much a done deal. You know what I mean? It's, it's just a matter of him hammering through the defense he'll get through. So we're first and inches. Our broker felt, I was like, Will, am I dumb for telling the church on Sunday? He goes, he goes, he goes there's like a one point, you know, 0.1% chance this is not going to go through. It could still not go through, but it's going to go through. So that's kind of where we're at. It's super exciting news. Now here's what it looks like. We're doing a five-year lease. So we'll be there for five years, full-time occupancy. We have it all the time. No more setup and tear down, all that kind of stuff, right? So here's what's cool. It's less about the work of setup and tear down and more about the creativity and what we're able to do in the city when we don't have to set up and tear down, right? Because if someone on Tuesday goes, where's the church? We don't exist, right? So when someone wants, if, if the, the organizations that we partner with, if they want to do a fundraiser or have a training event or do a food drive, all the time we get calls from organizations that we would love to partner with. They're going, can we use your facility for X, Y, Z? And we're like, if we had one, we would let you use it for free because we love your vision, but we don't have one. If you guys get a facility, can we use yours? <laughs> you know, it's like, so, so there's so much stuff we want to do. So here's kind of, if, if I were you, I'd have two questions, all right? Time and money, okay? Time and money, talk it, tell it to me straight. If I was, if a pastor was telling me, I'm like, okay, cool, you got a building, blah, blah, blah. Time and money. What do you, what's the finances look like? Or are you going to say, we got this building, but talk, I need you to give $10,000, you know, time, and, 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 what's, and what's the timeline? So first we'll go over timeline. Uh, initially, the idea was that we would move into the, or, or like lock the lease, continue to meet here through the month of March, and then have, it was, it was such a clean timeline, it was amazing, it just wasn't realistic. So we'll start meeting there in April 1st, and then we'll have our grand opening to the public on Easter Sunday, two weeks later. It's not possible. For a lot of reasons, uh, <clears throat> as we talk to people that, that know what they're talking about and not just like a pastor, we're finding like, oh, there's things that need to happen. So there's things called permits, which we, we, you have to get a permit anytime you build a wall, move, take down a wall, do plumbing. Now, here's the thing. You could bypass that and kind of fly under the radar, but we didn't feel good about that, right? And I've had people go, I know a guy. You can just keep the doors closed. You don't have to do permanent work and just... And I'm like, you know what? I don't, want, I don't want to start our first permanent home being sneaky. You know what I mean? Like if the inspector is like checking out a building two doors down, and be like, guys, shut the lights off. You know, it's like, <laughs> that just doesn't feel like it honors God, you know? So we want to be above board. We want to be above board. So what that means is we got a couple options. We can either continue to meet here and pay thousands every month uh, and then also pay for the new space while we're renovating it, but it, it could take four or five weeks to get a permit approved. The landlord is telling us recently it's been taking upwards of six months to get the permits approved. So we could be here paying this and a lot more at that other building and just it's sitting vacant for months and then the three or four weeks to get the property done. It just felt like that was financially irresponsible. And so 
uh, in which we will tell you more when we talk about the finances. We don't like being financially irresponsible. We like to be irrationally generous, but we like to be wise because we're stewards. It's all God's money, so we want to be really smart and wise with it. Uh, so instead, here's what we're going to do. As a church family, uh, barring that we lock this lease, hopefully this week, we're inviting you on an adventure. <laughs> right? We're inviting you on an adventure. Our plan. Now, you know, Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face. So we'll see how this goes. But the plan is that we will begin meeting in the new space on March 6th. So that's in a few weeks, right? Uh, three, yeah, three weeks. Uh, and we're going to meet in the ugly. Okay, we're going to just, we're telling the elders, we're going to meet in the weird, we're going to meet in the ugly. And you guys are nodding your head, oh, just wait, just wait, man. You're going to be laughing, every single one of you. I want to, I'm going to set up a camera of just people's expressions when they first walk in the front door. It, priceless, priceless. So, uh, we're going to, here's what I commit to you. As a parent, it'll be safe, it'll be clean, it'll be weird, it'll be ugly, okay? But it'll be safe and clean. No wires hanging down, no mold, kids aren't going to get electrocuted or play with like weird things coming down from a ceiling, none of that stuff. It's functional. The church met there until January 31st. They were just mean there. So it's, it's functional. It's just weird and ugly. I was talking to a friend of mine this week. He leads a church called Red Rocks. It's a church in Colorado. And when they first started, they were meeting in, <laughs> well, their first permanent space was a, an abandoned amusement park. And uh, I don't know if it was, like, condemned, but it was pretty close. Uh, and it was so weird. And there was, the par- there was no p- close parking, so you have to park off, like, a remote parking lot. Well, it was a remote parking lot. And then, like, with strollers and stuff, walk through a field up hills and stuff to get to this, I think it was, like, a Wild West section of the town. Uh, <laughs> and they converted that to a sanctuary. So weird. So weird. Like, you literally walk past ponds with swan boats. You know what I mean? So, anyways... So I was, I was messaging with them. I was like, hey, we, we, we're about to lock down a building and we're about to live in the weird like you guys did. And you know what? God grew the church. They grew to thousands actually in that really weird space. And people that wanted cool and convenient, they would just go to the church down the street. So our plan then is to take our time to, go, to do, uh, we already have an architect, we're already working with her team to design up the space and then get the permits approved. Um, hopefully our friends in the city help us. If you're watching, please help us. Um, to get those expedited, and then we'll keep you guys updated on timeline. We can do a couple, you know, say they get approved like in two months or three months or whatever. We could either go virtual or meet in a different location for two or three weeks while we work on the space, or we can work out with our general contractor is if we're able to do work from Monday through Saturday, kind of button it up for us to have church on Sunday and then do it again Monday through Saturday. We'll see. We're going to kind of follow uh, the pros lead on this, not mine, uh, for so many reasons. Uh, so, uh, but that's uh, kind of the timeline on it. So we'll remind you of this often. I feel like we can tell someone something like 10 times, you're still going to forget. So we'll remind you every week as this story progresses. So that's the timeline. Start meeting there March 6th, and it's just going to be weird for a little bit. Finances, finances. Okay, I'm going to tell you right at the top of this thing. Uh, we cannot afford this space. As a church, uh, we cannot afford this space. You're going, what the heck are we doing then? Uh, our network, and I'm so glad Keith came today. Keith is our superintendent. Uh, and I wasn't planning on, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't add this because I saw Keith. I was going to do this anyways and then give everyone your home address, Keith, and have him stop by and say thank you. Uh, Keith is, part of, is the superintendent of the network we're a part of, the PCJC, and they're super 
generous. They've, we, we, just last night, uh, Nellie and I were having dinner. We're talking about how thankful, how thankful we are for the PCJC. Um, but the PCJC essentially reached out. Keith reached out and said, what do you need? What do you need? And we said, we need someone to guarantee the lease. We need someone to co-sign. We're like a 16-year-old getting a car. And we need, like, we need mom and dad to co-sign for the, for the loan, uh, for the lease. And then we need uh, some help bridging the gap with cash flow month to month. And Keith just goes, yeah, we're in. We're in. And so we, what we're going to do is we're going to continue to pay what we pay for portable space. And the PCJC is going to bridge that gap, and it's a big gap, the rest of it. And what they're going to do is the first year they'll bridge that gap, and then the second year they'll pay a little less each month. Third year, a little less, a little less, a little less. And by the fifth year, it's a, a fraction of what they're paying the first year. And the goal is it's not a uh, you're in a wheelchair for life, but we're going to slowly take the training wheels off until you get self-sufficient. Now, they're not going to let us, you know, do that prematurely and die, but they're going, it's good for you to be self-sufficient, but you need some training wheels at this stage. Not only that, but they're helping us with a security deposit, with the first month's rent. Like, they're helping us above and beyond. Church plants don't have this kind of help. So, Keith, thank you uh, for the help. We are so grateful for you and to the board and, and everyone. So, yeah, please forward our thanks to the board. Um, but we're, we're blown away. We're blown away. So we got some other cool stuff to tell you. So we estimate that the move-in costs uh, to get into the building, but about 100 grand. We met with a general contractor this week, about 100 grand to move walls, to put plumbing, to like flooring and all that kind of stuff, right? Here's the cool news. We don't have to do a capital campaign right now. So this isn't like, it's going to cost 100 grand, so we need everybody. Here's pamphlets, and here's a vision video, and here's a 3D rendering, and we're going to raise $100,000 today, and we're going to keep on shaking an offering bucket in front of you until you drop an envelope in. Right? We're not going to do that. Because, because you, a few years ago, two and a half years ago, we said that one day we're going to have a building. We believe it. God's going to provide. And so what, we, what we're going to do is we're going to get ready. We're going to get ready. So we started a new fund creatively called the building fund, right? And we said, we have a building fund. If you feel led to give to that above and beyond your tithe, feel free to do that. And we're not going to touch it. We're going we're to save that up in faith that when God gives us an opportunity, we'll have prepared for it. Because when an opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare, right? So we're going to prepare for the opportunity, and when it comes, we're going to be ready for it. And so by God's grace, you've faithfully given to that over the past couple of years. Also, we try to keep our spending as uh, not minimal, but as wise as possible. So sometimes wisdom says that we irrationally give to someone in need or an organization in need or to an effort. We did that a lot through the pandemic. So it may not be um, safe, but it was wise to give that money away, right? But we, most months, Throughout the history of our church, we've been in the black. And so we've taken that extra money and we've put it in what we call the opportunity fund. Some most, like, you know, accountants would call it a cash reserve. We call it an opportunity fund. An opportunity fund for, uh, literally, it's really labeled in Chase Bank's online opportunity fund. The reason why we call it that is because we're waiting for an opportunity. That could be something for us. It could also be an opportunity to help young lives or, or a local organization. If they have a need and they could really make a difference, like send kids to camp, that's an opportunity we want to be a part of, so we give to that. So anyways, so we have money put away. So because you've given faithfully into the building fund, because we've taken the money you've given and put some of it aside every month, 
we don't need any more money. We have every dollar we need to move in to the building. And so kudos to you. Well done. Thank you for being faithful to that. So give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. So we're super excited about that. I remember years ago, Nally and I traveled to a, uh, a, a church down in Alabama, and, and they said uh, one of his greatest joys was telling the church that they bought a building in town and they don't need to raise any money because they just saved over the years. And I was like, oh, I want to do that one day. So we didn't buy a building, but we're doing everything we can. Uh, we're, we have enough money to move in. But I do want to give one caveat. I do want you to pray uh, if God would have you do something. Financially, volunteering, we'll talk a little bit about that. A few reasons. One, we have enough to move in, but we don't know what surprises we'll find. Right? And any of you guys that have done any sort of re- renovations, like every renovation TV show is based on this. Right? It's like, it's like oh no, what happened? Even if they have to manufacture something. So we don't, we don't know. If, if nothing goes wrong, then we're golden. But you never know. We don't know what surprise we'll find. Number two, the more that we're able to give as a family in this season, the less you have to dip into the opportunity fund, right? And just to, be, to clarify, this is not going to extinguish the opportunity fund. This will use about half of it. We still have about half left. We don't think it's wise to drain our cash reserves, right? So just so you guys have money mind, you're like, we're not, I think that's unwise. So, but the more that we're able to contribute in this season, the less we have to dip into our cash reserves, which is great. Uh, thirdly, uh, depending on how much that we're able to contribute, we're going to move in, but whether we have plastic chairs or comfy padded chairs, <laughs> we'll have chairs, uh, but depending on how much uh, we give as a family will determine how comfy your butt is uh, during church, right? But you will, be, uh, you will be sitting somewhere safe. All right, so here's all I ask. Here's all I ask. Just like everything else in your life, with relationships, with uh, your time management, career, ask the Holy Spirit what God would have you do. That's it. That's it. And just be obedient to that. There's a passage that we're going to get close to ending with here. It's in Exodus 25, and they're building the tabernacle. And this is the direction God gives the nation of Israel. He says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You're to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. These are the offerings you're to receive from them. This is really important. It says, Gold, silver, bronze makes sense, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for light, uh, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones, and other gems be mounted on the ephod and the breastpiece. That's what the, the Levite, the priest, would wear. And then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. So this is the direction, you keep that up there. This, this is the direction that God gives the nation of Israel as they're building their church home. The first thing is super important. He starts off with, as your heart prompts you to give. No guilt, no like shame, no arm twisting, none of that. Like if you, any guys have been part of church for a long time, any amount of time, you know that we do not do that. We don't guilt. We just, we, we tell you a story, see if you want to be part of that story, and then that's all up to you. See, some gave costly stuff, gold, right? They gave acacia wood. They gave like expensive stuff. Other people gave practical things like oil for lights, wood, leather, yarn, linen. This is stuff that they're, they're actually, the, the modern term would be gifts in kind. Like this is like, might as well say some bought drywall, some brought Romex, you know, <laughs> some brought 
paint from Dutch Boy. You know, it's like this very practical stuff. And then what's interesting is in the middle of all that, it says goat hair. Goat hair. Now, some of you guys are like, well, actually, goat hair is cashmere. No, it's not. You know where cashmere is from? The region of Kashmir. Okay? Pakistan, India, around that area. It's not what he's talking about. You know who he's talking about? Goat hair. Run of the mill, goat hair. Do you know what that tells me? You know what that says? Everybody can do something. That was the whole part of this thing. Everybody can do something. I can't, I can't give gold. I'm a church planter. I don't have just gold laying around. I can probably do some, some lumber. I might have some goat hair level stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you need some stuff on Amazon? Show me your wish list. I got some, I got some air fresheners. What do you need? You know what I mean? So we need your help. Bottom line is we need your help. We need your help. A few ways that we're going to need your help on this. One is volunteer. Volunteer. And that's skilled and, like me, unskilled labor. Okay, so we're not going to have some random person doing electrical that should not be doing electrical and just kind of YouTube in it. Okay, that's not how we're going to roll with this thing, right? So there's skilled labor. So some of you guys are contractors, electricians, plumbers. We need you. We need your help. Some of you guys are unskilled, unskilled labor, and you can, like, move stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> that's where I'm at. Okay, we, could, we, we, need, we need both. We need volunteers. We'll let you guys know more uh, as the needs arise. First, got to lock this lease. Second thing you can do is connect us. Connect us to kingdom-minded people and businesses. So even while we're talking, you, you, some of you guys have been going, oh, I know a guy. I know, I know a guy that has flooring. I know a guy that has, like, chairs. Chairs, like normal church chairs, are about 50 bucks a pop. It's about 7,500 bucks shipping. You're talking eight grand for chairs, right? So if you know a guy, <laughs> you know, even as you're thinking, I know a guy that can do drywall. I know a guy that, okay, connect us, connect us. There may be a reason why that popped in your head. Or I know a guy that has buckets of gold and he doesn't know what to do with it. I got a really good project for him right? Uh, and then the last thing we talked about is, in, is invest financially, if that's what God is asking you to do. Again, no arm twisting, no guilt, no shame. My friends that are big into fundraisers would say, Taka, don't say that. But if, I don't want anybody to feel that we're all about the money. We're not. We're not. Um, so worship, you can go and come up. Here, here's, here's the bottom line is we're super excited, guys. We're super excited. Um, we're going to build a home together. And in that home, we're going to be able to build a family together as a church. And as a church family, we're going to be able to make memories together. And you're going to come on a Tuesday afternoon or a midweek, and we'll still be there. And we know it's great. Some of the most diehard, bought-in members of Voice are set up and tear down, right? So worship, productions, greeters. Like, they're setting up and they're tearing down. The bad side of that is... We want to build a culture of worship and prayer after service. We want to build a culture of hanging out as a family, but we can't because the minute we say amen, that team is wrapping cords and putting stuff away and loading up the trailer, all that kind of stuff. We don't have to do that in the new space. You know what we can do? Pray with one another. Hang, have conversations. Go, hey, let's go out and lobby and grab coffee. I'd love to catch up because the camera can just stay there. It's our space, Right? So, here's what I challenge you to do. 
When you come on March 6th, the first week, take pictures to remember the weird. Because we're going to look back years from now. We'll be all, you know, not all of us, but a bunch of us will be sitting at IHOP one day years from now and go, okay, you're new. You see the space now. Let me show you pictures of what it looked like when we first moved in. You know what we get to do with the space? We get to do some of our dreams. We get to incubate other church plants. Other church planters that come and go, we want to start a church in the area. Dude, meet at our space on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, right? Saturday afternoons. Let us help you. Use our equipment. You don't need to buy cameras. You need to buy kid supplies. It's on us. Start your church. Let us launch you out, right? Can't, I wish someone did that for us. We get to bless the community. We can do food drives. We couldn't do that before. We had no place to store anything. Go to our office. You can't have office. It's just storage, right? One of the things we want to do is do Saturday seminars around things that people would want to learn about. Marriage seminars, uh, financial seminars, how to start a business. So many people, I think about little things of like how to become a real estate agent. So many people are curious about it. There's so many of you guys that are real estate agents. What if we were to put a clinic on a Saturday for free and teach people Here's what I wish I knew when I was starting out and do a free clinic for people to get on their feet. So many of those things. The worship team can actually practice during the week instead of 30 minutes before service, right? Our big trailer, the 24-footer, we can pack it full of our cases that we paid tens of thousands of dollars for and give it to a church plant. And say, I mean, let's just cut 30 grand out of your fundraising budget. Have our stuff. Like, we can do that if we get our house. And so, as I end, remember the verse we started this year with. Some of you guys, you know, you framed it, put it above your bed. Um, Israel, we talked about this church left the building. Israel was about to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. They didn't know how they were going to get there. The, the, the river was flooded, it was fast, the water was high. But they knew on the other side of the river was the promised land, the thing they've been waiting 40 years to get to, right? And Joshua 3, 5, Joshua, it says, Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves, for, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. In other words, prepare yourself, get ready. It's like that little kid going up to Mr. Incredible in the driveway. You go, what do you want to see? I don't know, something amazing, I guess. Like, Joshua's saying, you're about to see God do something amazing. Joshua didn't know what it was going to be. But here's what Joshua knew. Three things real quick. Joshua knew that God had promised, God had a promised land for them. Two, God was going to get them there somehow. Right? They didn't know how. Three, when they crossed that river, their lives would be forever changed. This is what Joshua knew. Right? And now here's for us. Here's what I know. God has a new home for us where we're going to plant roots. We can plant roots. Secondly, He's going to get us there somehow. I have so many questions. They keep me up at night. The other night I couldn't sleep because I was thinking, how do we run SDI cables from this? I, literally, that's how my mind goes. There's so many things we don't figure out. He's going to get us there somehow. I'm like, God, how are we going to get chairs? I don't know. God will, God will figure it out. Three, our church family will be forever changed. Forever changed. Who we are in this season is not who we're going to be on the other side of this thing. And so my question is, will you help? Will you help? 
Will you be a part of it? Will you be part of it? And just pray, God, what do you want me to do? And then just do that. Pray and just do that. No, it should be a joy, not arm twisting. And so let me pray, and then we're going to end by singing this song, Waymaker. And I just want to get your heart around God will make a way. God will make a way. Not us. That we don't have to strive. We just, my, my best friend, he says, stride, not strive. You don't have to strive. God will provide a way. Just do what he asks you to do. So anyways, I'm excited. Let's pray. God, we just, we give this to you. And I spoke way too long, but God, thank you for patience. Thank you for somewhat comfy chairs. God, we just pray that, um, well, we, we pray that this lease would happen. <laughs> and we pray that, God, would you use this building not to, not to create apathy in us, we don't want to feel like we've arrived because we don't have to set up and tear down anymore. But God, would you, would you call us on an adventure? Would you call us to a season of sacrifice? A season where we get to dream again, God, about what you can do. God, I pray that that space would be a place where, where miracles happen, where marriages are restored, where people find hope again. God, a place where people that have written you off that have written the church off would find hope in the gospel again. God, I pray that people that have, that went opposite ways would reconcile in that building. We pray for healing in that building. Would you do what only you can do? And would you help us to know what we're supposed to do? We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Let's sing this together.